If you do not forgive men, then your Father in heaven will not forgive your trespasses. Whoa, whoa. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. I entitled this message, Not Forsaken. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt forgotten? It's when you feel like you've been abandoned and forsaken. It comes with all the feelings of loneliness and rejection. It's when sad and depressing thoughts kind of take over our psyche. I hope none of you are experiencing any of those feelings right now, yet some of you might be, because that's a pretty empty place to be. For our circumstances, as you know, can drive us to places of great despair, as you know some of you do firsthand. Yes, it's a process that happens through multiple times of continued letdowns, multiple times of disappointments. That's what leads to uh, a place of bitterness that we can find uh, because we feel powerless against what's happening around us. I remember when my parents got divorced when I was 16, I I became really bitter as they both left and went on with their lives. I didn't like the new arrangement, you could say. I found myself very angry with my parents. Like, how could they just break up our entire family? I mean, how selfish of them. It was then that I decided to never see my parents again. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to cut you off. Just like that. In my mind, it was over. Done deal, case closed. I was actually amazed at how easy it was to pull off because right when I made that decision, I started a new job and I moved at the same time. This is before cell phones, before email. I had no forwarding address and no phone number. Then the unexpected happened. I came into a relationship with Jesus. I wasn't anticipating that happening, And that ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. See, I realized that through all those hardships, what it actually did was it drove me to Christ. Now, out of that darkest time of my life, I found myself driven to the light. Yes, God reached out to me in my emptiness, and he gave me a brand new and a fresh start. Yes, he gave me the answer to what my empty soul was looking for. And that was his peace and his joy. But I wasn't off the hook. I still hadn't forgiven my parents. I had a very unforgiving heart that was filled with bitterness. I realized as a person who just received God's love and his forgiveness to fill my heart, I couldn't keep this deep and bitter grudge towards my parents. I realized that. Yes, I I remember vividly when God broke the news to me (laughs) that I had to forgive my parents. I was just reading in my Bible. It was one of those times you just kind of flip your Bible open and just start reading. And it happened to be in the book of Exodus in chapter 20. Well, chapter 20 is where God lists for the first time what we know as the Ten Commandments. So there I was, you know, reading the Ten Commandments. 
And I so remember just, you know, sitting there reading. It was one of the first times that God had ever spoken to me while I was reading his word. By the way, I feel like the majority of the times that God does speak to me, it's when I'm reading his word. Because he'll pull something off the page and minister to my heart as I'm reading it. So there I was kind of reading through, not really, I don't think I realized it was the quote, Ten Commandments. You know, I'm just such a new believer. But I'm just reading, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's like, you shall honor your father and mother. And with that, it'll give you long life. It's the only commandment out of the Ten Commandments that's connected with a promise. And, and I just remember reading that, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God, like, you need to forgive your parents. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's such a willing heart. Not. You know, it's like, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to. I cut them off. I'm never going to see them again. But yes, I realized I was a willing recipient to receive all of God's forgiveness in my life and his blessings, which I needed it because I was such a dirtbag, you know, and when it was offered to me, I took it. Yet I found myself not so willing and not excited at all to pass that same love and that same forgiveness on to someone else, to the people that had caused me so much pain and misery. I wonder if there's anyone here today that feels maybe the same way I did. Yes, you love and embrace God's tender mercy and forgiveness for your own life, for your own shortcomings. When you've sinned, when you've done things that has caused much guilt and shame in your life, it's those things that cause our conscience to work overtime in condemning us. Yet when it comes to forgiving those who have caused you great pain and suffering, eh, you're not quite so willing to extend that same grace. Well, that's exactly how I was, you know, but I remember when I was reading that, I needed to honor my father and mother in Exodus 20, regardless whether they deserved it or not, because it, it didn't really matter if they deserved it. I don't deserve God's love. So what it came down to was like, this is what God's telling me to do. So the question was, what was I going to do? And let me ask you today, since we've all had those in our lives that have caused us great pain, right? What would you do? Maybe you think, well, if I ignore it long enough, it'll just go away. I think we all think that at times. Well, when God reveals a truth to our hearts, he expects us to listen to him. Yes, God has given us a free will, so we can say no, but why would we disobey his voice? Why would we resist what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life? Because every day that we resist him is another day of him holding his perfect will back from our lives. I wonder if the Holy Spirit maybe isn't speaking to you right now about someone in your life that has caused great struggle with you. This would be a great time to just let that pain go and allow God to truly heal the brokenness of your soul. Yes, it's never healthy to harbor anger and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness in your soul towards family members, friends, co-workers that you work with. It's never good. You know, we are all called to let it go. 
And if you're the one that's caused the misery, because let's be reality here. It's like some of you have caused misery in other people's life. You've stabbed people in the back. You've thrown them under the bus. And if, you, if you're that person, then it's time for you to repent Say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done to that person. It's time for you to seek them and to ask their forgiveness to those that you have offended. But whether we need to seek someone else's forgiveness or we are to forgive those that have offended us, let's not forget what Jesus said about forgiveness in the Sermon on the Mount, the longest message that we have recorded in the Bible, which takes up all of Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And he said this in Matthew six fourteen. he says, For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Oh, well, we like that. That sounds good. But, he said, if you do not forgive men, then your Father in heaven will not forgive your trespasses. Whoa, whoa. Hold the boat here. What? If I don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive me? Wow, that's a challenging statement for those who refuse to forgive. We have to remember here, we're not to forgive because those who have caused us much pain deserve it. They're dogs. (laughs) They, They cause us pain. They went out of their way to make our life miserable. Some of them enjoyed it and laughed about it. They've hurt us deeply. So do they deserve it? No, they don't deserve it. They're animals. But the point is this. It's like we didn't deserve God's love. And usually the captive in that unforgiveness is you. Because that person who hurts you, they're not even thinking about you. You know, they're just like, they just kicked you to the curb. But yet you're still tied up about it from something that happened two or three decades ago. And so it's like God knows that when we finally release that anger and that pain, it's like it releases us and we're able to move on. Now, that doesn't mean you forgive someone and like, oh, let's have you over for dinner and, you know, let's, let's spend Christmas together. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It just means that, look, I'm, I'm going to release this. I'm just going to let them know that I forgive them and I'm moving on. Now, through that, sometimes that's just, that's it and nothing else comes of it. And other times, maybe a friendship comes out of that that would have been never even thought of. Sometimes the perpetrator ends up coming to Christ because they can't believe the forgiveness and the love that was extended towards them. Who knows where it's going to go? That's not in your hands. That's in God's hands. But what God is just asking you to do is to let it go. Just let it go. But anyway, that's a challenging statement to say the least. But we're all called to forgive because we are forgiven people. That's why. And God wants to deliver us from all that anger and angst that we have been carrying inside of us. So now, with that as a backdrop, and as we continue in the book of Genesis here, I'm sure forgiveness was something that Joseph had to deal with. Think about all the hate that he could have been storing up inside of him. Remember, he had a lot of time to think about it, Because we left off last time with him sitting in prison for who knows, some seven, eight, nine years, he said in prison. First, he had to deal with all the issues of the fact that his own brothers, his own flesh and blood, sold him 
to Ishmaelite slave traders because they hated him so much. Then he had to deal with the hatred to the slave traders because, look, here he is, just a young boy. He's like 17 years old, and he's like pleading, I'm sure, with these slave traders. Like, hey, look, you can't do this. You can't just sell me. But they did. They could care less about him. You're just a cheap commodity to us. You're just a source of making a profit. And I'm sure he was trying to reason with them. You know, don't do this. Let me go. But it was to no avail. So he had to deal with those guys. Then after what appeared to be God redeeming his life, when he was sold to this rich man named Potiphar in Egypt, he was then falsely accused by Mrs. Potiphar of attacking her because she had the hots for Joseph. She kept trying to get him into the rack, into the bed with her sexual advances. And when he finally says, no, how, how could I do this great evil and, and sin against God? She didn't like being turned down. So she lied and said, oh, this slave boy attacked me and was thrown into prison. Then he had the anger against Potiphar because he had such a good relationship with Potiphar. He grew up to be the man that took care of all of his affairs. It says all Potiphar thought about every day was where he was going to go eat. All of his affairs, he was making money. God was blessing him. And I could see, you know, Joseph saying, no, 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 I didn't do this. I I didn't touch your wife. I didn't do this. She's lying. And he's like, yeah, I believe my wife, not you. So he had hatred against his brothers for selling him. He had hatred against the slave traders for not letting him go as he was begging for his life all the way to Egypt. He had hatred against Potiphar's wife for falsely accusing him. He had hatred against Potiphar for not believing him after all he had done for him. There was a lot of hatred in this young man. A lot of hatred. I wonder what would happen to us If we lived a life of true integrity like Joseph did, but yet it all turned sour for him even as he tried to live a holy life. Some might say, well, where would it get me? Well, probably nowhere because it got Joseph nowhere. He did everything right. He honored God in his life in every way. Where did it get him? Sitting in a prison for seven, eight, nine years. Know this. When we do what God has called us to do, there could be great consequences, meaning not everything might turn out right. You could get fired from a job. You could could lose things because you were honest and you walked with integrity and you could be, you know, greatly accused for things. There could be huge ramifications. But we must also know that when you honor God, then he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. He will always walk with you, and he will turn things around for the very best. I almost lost my job back in Virginia because I was honest, and I didn't want to do a shady deal. And the boss told me, you're doing the deal. And I said, I will not. And so he was ready to fire me, and he was looking for my replacement And it was in that time that God blessed me with another deal that was 10 times the deal that that one was and made him so much money he couldn't believe it. And I turned into the golden boy after that. And so God has his way of working things out because God will never abandon us. I like that verse. It's in 1 Samuel 12, 22. It says, for the Lord will not abandon his people. 
on the account of his great name because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people for himself. God will not abandon you. Will it look like he's abandoned you at times? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It'll look like he's nowhere to be found. It's like, Lord, where are you? Crickets, crickets, crickets. It's like, I don't hear you. I don't feel you. I don't see you in any of this. Oh, there's times that it'll look like that. But let me tell you, he'll never leave you or forsake you. That's his promise. He didn't promise to always fill our emotions. Oh, I feel you. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Oh, you know, goosebumps are nice, so aren't they? We love goosebumps. It's like, oh, I feel good. You know, it's, all, it's nice, but it doesn't, God doesn't promise goosebumps. But he does promise I'll never leave you. So how did Joseph hang on? Because again, we're not talking he's in prison for like, you know, three and a half weeks. And then his sentence got cut back. No, it's like years upon years. How did he not lose his faith? How did he continue to follow the Lord when all of his circumstances continued to spiral out of control? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how he did because he never wavers. He just kept going on and the time kept getting worse for him. In our last study, as you remember, he revealed the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. Remember, the cupbearer and the baker got thrown into prison. They were the men that were surrounded, uh, that were part of Pharaoh's everyday life, and they did something wrong. Something happened there. We're not told the details, but they both got thrown in prison. And he was furious with him, the Bible says. There must have been some kind of threat, possibly, on Pharaoh's life, and They were sent to the dungeon because he thought they were behind it. That's when Joseph came in one morning and they had dreams and they were distraught by these dreams. And he says, hey, what's wrong, fellas? And as you remember, God raised up Joseph as the leader of the prison. So all the prisoners were under his guard. God blessed him wherever he went. He says, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, we just had these dreams and we don't know what they mean. And that's when Joseph revealed the dreams to them. And so as they were there, the cupbearer, you know, as his dream was revealed in three days, you'll be restored to Pharaoh. And that's exactly what happened. And then the baker, of course, he revealed his dream. And he says, well, in three days, you're toast. You're going to be a dead man. And it happened just as Joseph said. And all Joseph asked in return for revealing the truth of these dreams was to the cupbearer who would be restored to his position with Pharaoh. All he said was, can you remember me? Can you tell Pharaoh when you're restored? Can you tell him that I've been falsely accused? Can you help me? And I'm sure the cupbearer was like, absolutely. I got your back. Well, after he got out in three days, You know, the last verse of chapter 40 said, the cupbearer didn't remember Joseph. He forgot him. Don't you hate that? Someone promises you something. I'm going to be there for you. It's like, and it just doesn't happen. You were forgotten. You know, the promise didn't come through. You know, the date, the, the birthday, the meeting, the raise, whatever the case was. And it never happened. I remember when I was, geez, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. 
this guy a couple doors down had this old Chevy truck and he was out there doing body work on it and doing body work and I went over and I started talking to him and he's like yeah you know it's like my I didn't get along that great with my dad but my dad used to do body work and I wanted to do this and just restore this truck to you know just to show my dad that you know I did something you know and I started helping him with it. he goes you know I'm gonna pay you and I go okay you know and I'm, I'm again I'm like 10 11 years old you know and I'm out there and I'm sanding you know anyone that's ever done body work and man there's just a lot of pounding sanding it's just a lot of physical labor and I remember I worked on that truck with that guy for days and worked and worked and worked yeah I'm still waiting for that pay. <laughs> Again, at you know, 10, 11 years old, you're not like, hey, you, you said you're going to pay me. You didn't be, I, I just, I didn't know how to confront him. He was a man and I, I'm just a little boy and I didn't know how to confront him. But it's just like, isn't it a bummer though when someone promises, I'm going to do this for you and it doesn't happen. You get your hopes up. You're excited like, wow, well, how much is he going to pay me? Oh, it's probably going to all come in a big lump sum. You know? <laughs> it's like, and then no lump comes. <laughs> it's just, and there is no big sum. Yes, it's whatever the case, I'm sure you've had issues in your life where you were forgotten. Everyone had forgotten Joseph, but forgotten way worse than we've ever been forgotten. Now, with all of that said, we're going to consider three points in light of our title, Not Forsaken. Number one, troubled sleep. We're going to find out that Pharaoh has had a really hard night's sleep. Why? Because he had some gnarly dream. Number two, speaking truth. Sometimes we get an opportunity to speak truth, but because the person is of great importance or the person is our boss or something, are we going to speak truth to them or are we going to kind of hold back? And number three, integrity rewarded. Joseph always did what God wanted, and he rewarded him. Well, let's look at our first point, troubled sleep. As we read together here in Genesis chapter 41, we'll pick up in verse 1. And it says, Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile River. And lo, from the Nile there came up seven cows, sleek and fat. Oh, they were in good shape. And they were grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile. They were ugly and gaunt, really weak, nasty looking cows. And they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly and gaunt cows, they ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. He's, I'm sure he's sweating like, what the heck? But then he fell asleep again, and he dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. Then the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke again, and behold, it was a dream. Verse 8, now in the morning his spirit was troubled. He was vexed inside. So he sent and he called for all the magicians of Egypt and all of his wise men. And Pharaoh told him his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret to Pharaoh. Like, what does this mean? We don't know, boss. Verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Remember when Pharaoh was furious with his servants and he put me in confinement 
You put me in the dungeon in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. Well, we had a dream on that night. So he's remembering two years ago. He and I each had a dream according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now, a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard. And we related to him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one, he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so what happened. He restored me to my office, but he hanged him, the baker. Wow. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 